Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We are going to get into the binder. We're going to get into the updates from Michael Schellenberger and other actual journalists regarding the framing and the attempt to overthrow uh, or to undermine a duly elected president. And that is all very important. But forgive me when I say that Nathan Wade has taken my breath away. I can't look away, Jared. I can't stop focusing on this because every single minute on social media there's a new cut of him and i just want to add something in here's a cut i sent this to howie's twitter it's msnbc their legal analyst i'm not familiar with their legal analyst because i only have eyes for one legal analyst and that is jeffrey tubin who's no longer the legal analyst at cnn because of damn jeffrey tubin at least Pee Wee Herman was in an X-rated movie theater. I'm just saying. So MSNBC has Caroline Polisi. I'm sure she is not nearly as good as Jeffrey Tubin, but this is what she had to say about Nathan Wade's testimony today. It's, it's so legalistic centric and yet so important and fascinating. Right. Don't let the legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think... Uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court. It's game over for her. She will be disqualified um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to to the court. It's it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. It's a huge deal. It's game over. But how will anyone prove it? I'm sure there's a million ways that people will prove this. And I am getting the sense from all these former employees or former co-workers and all these people eager to testify. I'm getting the sense that Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis weren't like a beloved couple. You know, I don't think people really enjoyed them together. I get the sense that they were these were two egomaniacs running around, flying all over the world, getting their tattoos and kind of leaving people in the dust. You know what I was wondering, though? So they just took a break. They just took a break and... I was just curious, in the show Succession, there's a point where they all have to go to this congressional hearing and they send out Tom, who's kind of like the fall guy, and he starts getting grilled about all these old emails he sent. And it's just a, it's a bloodbath. Like he, he's trying to answer these questions. He embarrasses himself. And he comes back behind the scenes with everybody, with all the lawyers who were prepping him. And he goes, that was terrible. That was terrible. I made a fool of myself. I wonder if when they go to recess, when they grab a sandwich or when they go behind closed doors, like, does Nathan Wade know how bad of a job he's doing? I'm sure he's too busy booking cabins to think about that. Yeah, he's preoccupied with the cabins of it all. But I, I always think this. I think this about John Kirby. And, you know, cherish part- the cabin. <laughs> Thank you to that tweet, to that uh, follower on Twitter who pointed that out. Great reference. But. I always think that because after 
I do the show in between every break, I usually go back and I complain about something I said. I shouldn't have said that. That came out wrong. There was a better word I could have used. And I just wonder if any of these people that we see on a daily basis, KJP, Nathan Wade, John Kirby, like, do they go behind the scenes and go, wow, I made an ass of myself. Wow. Did you hear when I was trying to spin the thing about the tattoo parlor? That was terrible. Do we have that, by the way? Here, here's the back and forth of the tattoo. Yes. So those show up on your printer. And you're saying that she paid you cash to reimburse you for all of that. She did. And she paid you cash for both of your portions or just hers? Both. Okay. So that trip, Belize, just Belize, she paid you for everything on Belize. The entire trip. Okay. So the food, tattoo parlor, all that stuff, she paid for. I'm going to... I'm trying to the question... There was no there, there was no tattoo parlor in Belize. The charges there's a there's a tattoo parlor on the charges. I, I'm not getting into what it was for. I'm just asking if everything that's on that card related to Belize, she paid you back for. She paid for yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, let's talk about California. In you know, I just want to say that lawyer might not be getting into everything that was on the tattoo parlor account or charge. I would like to know though. I would like to know, and you know, you know when you have to look back at your finances for the month or something, and you see a charge, and sometimes you're like, I can't figure out what that charge is for. You start Googling it, you call your credit card company. This would be really fun. This would be a really fun investigation to put the pieces of this puzzle together. He went to a tattoo parlor, but he didn't, but, but Jared, from that back and forth, I'm gathering that maybe he didn't get a tattoo. Because as, as shaky, as foggy as his memory is, a tattoo is a really good way to remember things. You know, if you went to Belize and you got a tattoo, as long as it's in a, some area that you can see on your body, you're probably going to remember it. So what else can you do at a tattoo parlor? You can usually get a piercing. I, I'm just, there, do you know there are 22 tattoo parlors in Belize? Oh, I believe it. It's a booming, booming industry. All right, now let's talk a little bit here. We'll take a break from this. He's, he's testifying right now, so I'm sure we'll have like 15 more cuts as the day goes on. But I wanted to read you a little bit about another really important story, and that involves the 10-inch binder. Now, I had prepped a little bit on how to explain it all because it goes back pretty far. We're going back now to 2016 and all that. But I actually think that John Davidson does a really good job of breaking this down. So I'm going to read a little bit from The Federalist. We'll take your calls. And I'm sure we'll have some some pauses along the way, some thoughts to get to. This is what John Daniel Davidson said. He's tying in, by the way, the national security threat we heard about yesterday and the Ukraine aid package and all of this. It was a busy day in Washington on Wednesday as the intelligence bureaucracy tried to foment a national security panic over Russian nukes in space in hopes of ramming through the Ukraine aid package and killing reforms designed to curb its power to spy on Americans. So he thinks that this Russian nuke situation that suddenly we heard about and that everyone was kind of running around with like chickens with their heads cut off, except for Mike Johnson and a handful of Republicans, John Davidson thinks that it wasn't just meant because at first I thought, well, yeah, how convenient that they can say and Republicans don't understand the threat from from Putin. Because remember, Jared, we had John on this week and he said to he said that Republicans and he specifically cited Senator Mitt Romney. He said they love to push this idea that if we don't fund Ukraine, if we don't send $60 billion, and that's just an addition to everything we've already sent over. If we don't send the $60 billion over, then it's inevitable that Putin is going to march 
on Europe and start taking over or that he's going to take over Poland or that he's going to take over all these places. And John's point was, we don't know that. And actually, the evidence we have would point to the contrary. The evidence we have is that he can't even take on Ukraine. So why do we think he's going to be able to do that? But Mitt Romney and other senators who are very, very adamant that we need to send over all this money to secure the Ukrainian border, even though we do absolutely nothing to secure our own border, they want us to believe that if we don't fight Putin, then this is like the gravest mistake we're ever going to make. And this is, I think Romney said something like, this is the biggest decision that the senators are ever going to make, something, some sort of hyperbole like that. And so it made sense to me that the Russian nuke threat was the timing of it was very coincidental with this $95 billion aid package. But what I didn't realize until reading the story is that there was also a situation going on that the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, was set to expire in April and the House was debating reforms on that. So this is all going on while suddenly this national security threat arises. Now, Democrat House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries issued a helpful statement clarifying what all of this was really about. And I don't think I don't think Hakeem Jeffries necessarily meant to let the cat out of the bag so much. Like, I don't think he realized how transparent this tweet made everything seem. He said the most urgent national security threat facing the American people right now is the possibility that Congress abandons Ukraine and allows Vladimir Putin's Russia to win. So they've gone from that is false. So if I have this right, the Democrats have gone from you have to give us the 60 billion dollars for Ukraine or as Chuck Schumer explained, we will send your kids in to die in this war. And now it's if you don't give us the 60 billion dollars for Ukraine, Russia's going to nuke us from space. These are the arguments. Can you smell the desperation at this point? Meanwhile, Congress, and this is the part of it that ties into the binder. Congress was set to take up proposed reforms to Section 702 of FISA that would put an end to warrantless spying on Americans. Now, the FISA court should be eliminated completely. If we've learned anything over the past six years, it's that the FISA courts are abhorrent and they should be eliminated. But that would be really, really, that would be a blow to the intelligence community because they like the FISA courts. They need the FISA courts. The intelligence agencies and the White House have been very clear about their opposition to those reforms and that they would very much like to keep spying on Americans without having to obtain a warrant. It's just more convenient that way. Just less work, less hoops to jump through. You know, if they want to spy on you, they don't want to have to go through all this process. What happened next is telling. Even though the House Republicans who are pushing for the Pfizer reforms appeared to be winning the debate in the aftermath of the hysteria over Russian nukes in space, Speaker Johnson pulled the bill and canceled Congress for the rest of the week. It doesn't take a conspiracy theorist. Let me rephrase that for John Daniel Davidson. It doesn't take Jared (laughs) to figure out what happened here. Our intelligence agencies don't want lawmakers getting in the way of their plans. They don't want any interruption in the flow of U.S. tax dollars to Ukraine, and they don't want any curbs on their ability to spy on Americans. 
The irony here is that the U.S. intelligence community itself has become a far greater threat to our republic than Russia or any other country. Now, if you told me that five years ago, I might have said that's an exaggeration. I don't think it is anymore. As journalists Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutentag reported Tuesday, the CIA asked foreign intelligence agencies to spy on more than two dozen Trump associates as early as 2015 and share the intelligence they acquired. How we read this list yesterday and some of the people that were on this list, I was going, really? Like Ted Cruz was on the list? I get Roger Stone, Rudy Giuliani, you know, all those people, the Trump family members. But Ted Cruz, I think Ben Carson was on the list. It was a, it was a weird list. And what they did was they wanted to use that as a pretext for Crossfire Hurricane. This surveillance operation would later be used to launch the Crossfire Hurricane investigation and craft the Russia collusion hoax. I'm going to pause here because I need more time for this, but it all ties in. It all ties in. And yesterday, all of a sudden, this, you know, Russia has nukes in space story comes out and everything comes to a grinding halt. And then we're told afterwards, well, because Russia has nukes in space, that means you should send $60 billion to Ukraine. And by the way, I've been wondering about this because you hear about, oh, there's going to be a workaround around Mike Johnson who refuses to bring this bill to the floor so that the House will vote on it. And I've been thinking to myself, well, can't they play a little bit of hardball and say, if you want this, then you just have to secure our border? And Senator Roger Marshall, who I think is from Kansas, he's a Republican from Kansas, he's very uh, against this boondoggle $95 billion bill. And he's suggesting he has a really good plan about securing our border. The sad thing is, the sad thing is the extent that you have to go to, the, the, the way you have to bend yourself into a pretzel and play games in order to get American senators and congresspeople on board with securing our border when they're, they're foaming at the mouth to secure the border of Ukraine and to secure everybody else's border except our own. When it comes to our own, you have to play all these games and you have to try to like trick them into it. It's it's really a sad state of affairs. We'll talk about that when we come back. Jared, you stayed at the Nossipi Inn. We talked about the Nossipi Inn yesterday. I actually tweeted out a photo or a video of the Nossipi Inn, and it was right after the storm. It was like pink and purple skies, beautiful beach. And from your stay, Jared, you said every room gets that view. Yeah, the Nossipi Inn has a fireplace in every room and giant picture windows in every room. So you can look out at the beach. You can look out at the ocean. You can look out at the sky. You can just sort of see everything. So you're really nice and cozy inside the room. Uh, if you want to venture outside, they have fire pits outside that you can sit at and stay warm. My wife and I love sitting at the fire pit, drinking our morning coffee, watching the sunrise. Uh, we, you can walk along the beach. You can hear the waves. Unlike the summer, you kind of have sort of the beach to yourself. It's, it's private. It's tranquil. It's great. Cannot recommend uh, going to the Nauset Beach Inn highly enough. And right now you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter, which is a crazy good deal. So you want to go to NaussetBeachInn.com to book your room. It's pet friendly. It's a great place to go during school vacation weeks. Great place for the family. Or if you just want to go with your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, it's just a really great place to unwind. So that's NaussetBeachInn.com. I think we're going to have more sound cuts. Nathan Wade has a Cheshire-like grin right now. I think we are going to get more sound today. Don't go anywhere. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. 
This is The Grace Curley Show. An update on this dumpster fire of a hearing. Now one of the lawyers is pressing Wade on why he didn't mention this cash system they had in place during his affidavit, why there's no mention of cash. Because now he's claiming that they would split things roughly down the middle and anything that you can't see on a receipt as far as a reimbursement goes, she would just follow up with cash. Cash is king, as they say. And apparently Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis thought that as well. They were big fans of cash. Big fans of cash and big fans of Belize. Very interesting. Um, We're going to go back to this because there's more coming out um, about this and there's just a lot of questions that we have. But I wanted to finish up this piece here from John Daniel Davidson from The Federalist. So it says, until now, the official story has been that the FBI's investigation began after Australian intelligence officials told U.S. officials that a Trump aide had boasted to an Australian diplomat that Russia had damning material about Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. I I just want to say this. This is from the report. Even when we thought that was the story, the official story, I thought that was thin. I thought that was weak. Like you start up this entire multi-million dollar investigation that hamstrings a presidency because Australian intelligence officials told you that a Trump aide had boasted to an Australian diplomat that Russia had damning material about Hillary Clinton. Like it just doesn't it doesn't seem to me that that would meet the level of what we ended up getting. But in fact, that story was not true. That sounds like a Nathan Wade style story. Heard it from a friend who... It says, but in fact, the report alleges U.S. intelligence agencies tasked the United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia, that's called the Five Eyes, to surveil uh, 26 Trump associates identified by President Barack Obama's CIA director, John Brennan. This is the part where I would... I would tell you to go read another piece from the Federalist, which is David Harsani's piece about why John Brennan should be in an orange jumpsuit. But this makes a lot more sense. And how he was discussing this yesterday, saying it's called bumping, which I had never heard of. But it's basically like, okay, you're tasked with trying to make contact with these people. And it sounds to me, if I'm being real, uh, and maybe it doesn't rise to this, but it sounds like entrapment to me. Like you're, you're, you're goading people to get themselves in trouble. Um, thus establishing a pretext for the FBI Crossfire Hurricane investigation, which we knew was a load of crap. And as we all know, Crossfire Hurricane notoriously abused what? Abused FISA to spy on Trump associates. And Democrats, I don't think, even try to argue against that. That's just... That's a fact. It's settled science. So please, let's not get distracted with hysterics about Russian nukes in space. Want to know where the real threat to our country is? It's not in space or in Moscow. Moscow. It's in Washington. I would agree. I'm more afraid of Washington than I am of Moscow. I can tell you that right now. Woker Joke is coming up next. We will take your calls. 844-500-4242. Woke or joke, and then we got a lot more in the two o'clock, so don't go anywhere. 
live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Jared, did Emma say yes or no that I can say her what she's giving up for Lent on the air? Yes, okay. Emma's giving up her credit card for Lent. She's going to just try to use cash. And that's all well and good, Emma. Oh, Nathan Wade, you hear that? Yeah, but be be aware that, that that comes with some pitfalls, as Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis are showing us. People think, oh, I'm using cash. Cash is king. But they don't realize that it might come back to bite you. Forget about booking any cabins. Yeah, don't. Emma's known to book those cabins. Um, joining me now on the show is Taylor Cormier, and that means it is time for everyone's favorite segment, Woke or Joke, which is brought to you by Aviva Trattoria. A gift card to Aviva Trattoria is the perfect gift for any occasion. You don't need to go to Belize. You don't need to go to a tattoo parlor. You don't need to go to Napa. You don't even need to go to a cabin. You should go to Aviva Trattoria. Pick one up at any of their locations to find the one nearest you. Just go to avivatrattoria.com. Jared Play that funky music. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? I started a joke. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Pink haired wokers. <laughs> <laughs> the word woke means loser. <laughs> the joke was on me. Oh, <laughs> I should mention here that if you're tuning into the show and you haven't heard us talk about Biden and the her report and the recent revelation that it appears he was lying, if you can believe that, about Robert Herr and her asking him about his son Bo's death and the year it occurred. We are going to get to that in the two o'clock. Uh, it's just been a busy news day thanks to Nathan Wade and this insane hearing that I would say this is not a good performance for Nathan Wade or for Fannie Willis. And you know what, Taylor? I'm a little bit worried that this is going to put a strain on their relationship. Mm. And I really want Anytime you get a couple in a courtroom, it's probably going to be a strain on their relationship. It's not a good sign. All right. So Taylor joins us now, and that means it's time for Woker Joke. Are you ready, Taylor? I'm ready. All right. Let's start with Jonathan. You're up first. Jonathan, are you ready for your headline? I'm ready, Grace. Okay, here we go. All right, Jonathan, here is your headline. Democrats unveil new hip-hop task force to tackle racial inequity. Oh, man. I'm going to say joke. Not a joke. It's true. Oh. <laughs> this is uh, Jamal Bowman. Is Not a joke. Not a joke. Jamal Bowman taking a break from pulling those uh, fire alarms to pulling some diss tracks. Nice. Uh, so, so uh, what goes into this commission? Um, God, do we really want to get into this? Bowman explained that the inspiration behind the task force came from reflecting on how the genre impacted him over the years. He listed his favorites, you know, like Kamala Harris does. Uh, who, who she loves Tupac? She thinks he's still alive. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even a huge fan of rap, and I knew that one. Actually, yesterday on Jeopardy, there was a rap category. Is that so? Yeah, and it was the it was the 50 best rappers of all time. You know who I didn't expect There's to be in there? 50? 50 Cent was in there. I wouldn't have thought. I mean, 50 didn't make the, make the top 50? No, he did make the top it's 50. It's a shame. 
it just surprised me. I didn't think he was like I didn't I knew that he was he was big in my in my day, but I didn't know he was considered one of the top fifty. It surprised me a little bit. I couldn't name you fifty rap. I couldn't I you couldn't, couldn't I couldn't name you fifty anybody. Really. Could you name me five rappers? <sighs> All right, so we won't count fifty, right? No, doesn't count. It doesn't count. We already, we already said Tupac. Tupac doesn't count. Snoop Dogg. Yep, good. All right. Um, One. Does Usher count? Is he a rapper? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> He's more R&B. Hold on. All right. I can do this. This is amazing. This Eminem. Yep, good. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be part of the task force. Wait a know, second. Maybe. Rick Ross, is he a rapper? Uh, well, you're struggling. Wait, hey, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There's that other guy. Uh, he was fat. Now he's dead. Uh, oh gosh, Taylor, that's not Biggie nice Smalls. Biggie Smalls, one of the, one of the greats. Uh, why am I like I'm, I'm overheating? Like trying, I'm really under pressure. The, the, but here's it's the hot thing. under these lights. Here's the thing: it's not like you're claiming that you're a huge fan of rap. If you said I'm a huge fan of rap and I said name five rappers and you couldn't, that'd be embarrassing. But this this makes sense. This is on brand for you. Um, I need one more, right? I think you. Yeah, I guess. If we're gonna, <laughs> uh, we'll give it to you. Well, I think Rick Ross counts. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not a huge rap fan. I did love Eminem though when I was younger. Um, okay, well, we've already spent too long on this topic. Let's I go can't to come up with a fifth. That's embarrassing. Tony, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Are you ready for your headline, Tony? I sure am, Grace. Okay, Tony, do you have a fifth rapper? Um, I don't know. I was thinking Beastie Boys. That counts. Yeah. That counts. I was thinking Lil Absolutely. Wayne. Absolutely, Lil Wayne. There you go. Lil Wayne's going. I see. I didn't even think. To go to the Lil's. Lil, Lil John, yeah. Ludacris. Lil John doesn't do anything. Does He's he? a rapper. Yeah. Is he? Lil John, yeah. But he just went, yeah. Uh, little, uh, All right. How about Lil Bow Wow? Lil Bow Wow. Lil Mike? Is Lil Mike a thing? <laughs> Lil Nas? I don't that's, think, that's I don't a think, current one. I don't think Nas is Lil. I think Lil Nas. Nas is it Lil Nas? Nas Ferratu. Well, yeah. Nas. Guys, Nas we spent too long back. on this. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go, Tony. Tony. Here's your headline. Here's your. <laughs> Here's your headline. Ray, Ray-Ban set to release custom Biden-themed aviators dubbed the Watch Me Line. Uh, that has got to be a joke. It is a joke. Good one. By the way, that was a joke. That's not Sounded true. Sounded like you were about to double back there for a second. Do they have the red lenses like Dark Brandon? Yeah, the, the thermal-looking lenses. Frank, you're up next. Are you ready for your headline, Frank? Uh, I'm, I'm ready. All right, Frank, here's your headline. Biden granddaughter partners with popular swing state vineyard to promote aged to perfection Chardonnay. Uh, I'm going to say woke. Uh, yeah. We got you on that one. That's it's a, a joke. joke. <laughs> By the way, that was a joke. That's not true. Michael, you're up next. Are you ready for your headline, Michael? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Michael, here is your headline. Every celebrity at the Super Bowl and what they've said or not about Gaza. That's going to be woke. It is woke. Oh, what publication is that? Not a joke. This like dead span or something. I think Vice. Um, let me see here. I got it. Uh, that is so. Ugh. Yeah, Vice. 
So Taylor Swift has said nothing. Beyonce has said nothing, and she's been criticized for saying nothing. She um, Usher has he said, "I stand with Israel." He posted a picture, but then he deleted it. Nice, so Post, brave. Post Malone has said nothing. <laughs> Alicia Keys says that she wanted to paraglide. She was she had her eyes on paragliding. Jay Z has said nothing. Ludacris said nothing. Lil John has not said anything. Her, H-E-R. See, I could have just gone to this list I know. for my rappers. Jay-Z. How come I didn't lose? Kanye Chris? was there, too. Uh, DMX. DMX isn't there. He's dead. But I just thought of him. Yeah, but we didn't say that people couldn't be passed. Right. No, I'm just saying. But I'm just saying DMX wasn't was at the Super Bowl. Bowl. He's not on this list. <laughs> he hasn't said anything about Gaza. <laughs> I can't believe you forgot the most famous rapper of all. Oh, boy. What? Waiting for tonight. Yo, Pesci. Oh. Was he? Oh, yeah, he was. He did have uh, some some tracks. So, yeah, they went through the entire I list. I two last names. I thought what you, do you want me to do? I thought you were going to say, um, I thought that article was going to say what they had or hadn't said about climate change. Because Taylor Swift's getting a lot of heat because she takes that private plane ah, everywhere. Heat. Yeah, she's, she'll take that plane. She's like the Kardashians like that. As much as she might not like them, they take the plane whenever they want. But you know what? I can't say I'd be any different. You've made it. To, I mean, don't. Does she, she does preach about climate change, though, right? She offsets her carbon footprint. She doesn't make it like her, her big thing, like Harry and uh, Meghan do. But she's probably said stuff about it. If you it. had a private jet. Okay? Oh, I love this game. Yes. If you had a private jet, but you didn't preach climate change. Yeah. Would you still try to offset your carbon footprint somehow? Or would you keep a low profile? You know, whenever someone asks me a hypothetical and I can look like a good person in the hypothetical, I go, yeah, sure. Because it's like, what? It's free to me. But honestly. Honestly. Would you have thought to... I don't even know what that means, though. Like, I I don't understand... Would the Grace Curly I'm speaking to in truth right now... In truth. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No, I shouldn't say that, but it's like, I you have to really explain to me what that Start means. Start like a plant a tree foundation. Oh, yeah, or... sure. I love trees. I don't like this, I don't like this, this, uh, this narrative that Republicans are like anti-tree or anti-water or anti-air. Trump planted a lot of trees. If somebody said to me, hey, if I'm rich enough to buy a private plane and take it places, and someone said, hey, by the way, we'd like to offset every time you go on this plane, we're going to plant a tree, I'd say, sure. Blank I was check. like, yes! I would say plant those trees. Plant those trees. Yeah. Okay. And it would get people off my back, more importantly. <laughs> Ed, there you have it. Ed, you're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Are you ready for your headline, Ed? Uh, yeah, but was Snoop Dogg on that list? Yeah, that was my first go-to. I said Snoop Dogg. Oh. But on the, at the Super Bowl? On the Super Bowl list? I don't think he was at the Super Bowl. On the rapper list. The, oh. my, yeah, my rapper list. He was the first one I thought of. Well, I guess now I'm ready. All right, Ed, here is your headline. Celebrating Valentine's as a polyamorous quad. Joke. No, 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 no. Word to the wise, anytime you see polyamorous, it's It's probably true. Not a joke. Not a joke. quad. Okay. So it's a relationship with... A four four people. It's one up from a thruple. Yeah, a thruple plus one. Now that's just got to be, talk about oh, recipe for disaster. It's hard enough, like, two people getting along and, and planning things and figuring out their lives, but then you, you add two more in. 
It's just, how do you even figure out what you're going to do for dinner? I, I imagine they all eat soy-based products, so. What's the makeup of this quad? Do we have female versus I don't, male? I don't really know is the tough thing because these are all very you know what Howie would ambiguous say? names. You know what Howie would say in this situation? Come on, Taylor. Come on. Don't, didn't you read this? <laughs> D, I would assume is a female. D, okay. We got one female. Rain, R-A-N-E. R- Rain. Spell, spell that again. R-A-N-E. I'm going to say male. Okay, we got one female, one male. What else? Era? E- okay, none of these people are binary. None of these people are strictly male or female. Well, let's just say I'm we just have... putting it out there. Now. Let's just say hypothetically we got two, two males, two females. And it's also like if you have four people in a relationship, there's definitely going to be two people that like each other more than the other. Do you know what I'm saying? You're going to start to develop alliances. It's going to be like Big Brother, that show where everyone starts developing alliances and trying to okay, hold box on. the We've other people out. We've got some clarification here. Era is D's girlfriend. This is like one of those word problems <laughs> in middle school. If you have seven apples. Era's, era is D's girlfriend. The three of us have a threpolish dynamic when together. I met Era two years prior, but she and D hang out more. So we have at least two females. How many cabins do they book? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to Mike. You're up next on Woker Joker. Are you ready for your headline, Mike? I'm ready. All right, Mike, here is your headline. Shatter social expectations. Spend more on the boys this Palentine's Day. That's a joke. It is a joke. By the way, that was a joke. That's not true. Do you expect anything on Valentine's Day? No, it's not a holiday for men. You don't expect a... Nothing. Piece of chocolate? No. Jared? Uh, we, we get each other a card, and um, I usually get Skittles. She usually gets Swedish Fish. So your answer is yes, Just you do thing. expect something. I don't expect anything. But you had an answer ready, so you do have an yeah. expectation. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. This is the great part about Worker Joke. We settle so many things. Cultural issues, debates, lists. Cherish the cabin. Cherish the cabin. John we, Cheever. We will be right back. We are going to talk more about the cabin. We're going to give you updates on this hearing in Atlanta. I also, I, I want to, you know what, you know what, Taylor? I want your take on this one. Okay. Uma Abedin. Uma. Uma. Yeah. Formerly Mrs. Car- Carlos Danger. Yeah. Now dating George Soros' son, Alex. George Soros' son, Alex. Oh, I was and she used George to date. Santos. George Santos doesn't have a son. <laughs> Do you remember she, at one point, she was dating Bradley Cooper? This woman has quite the dating history. She's upgraded. From from Anthony Weiner, yeah. And somebody put on Twitter, they were like, this actually makes me sad. I really thought she was ride or die for Anthony. She, she stuck that by him. That geeky looking guy. She stuck by him, though, through some tough He's times. He's a weird looking bird. He's a weird dude. In mm-hmm. general. But now she's dating George Soros' son, Alex, who's loaded. Yeah. Just a little Valentine's Day update for everyone. Good for her. I guess. Is that a crime to date a buco billionaire? No, I just hope they're offsetting their carbon footprint. Don't we all? <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll take your calls. Don't go anywhere. Stick a fork in that because it's done with. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show.
This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Local Silver Mint, located in Ware, New Hampshire. Silver Dave will work with you directly. Contact him at localsilvermint.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is who has the missing binder? Trump, the intelligence agencies, or it has been destroyed? Just to remind you, so this is from Town Hall. This is Matt Vespa. He's a good writer there. He said, it went missing in 2021. The binder was compiled by House investigators under the watchful eye of the CIA in 2019 to 2020, though at some point someone was able to get it out of Langley. Now, based off the descriptions that the CIA and other people want you to know, they would have you think that this binder, this highly classified binder, has information related to Russian intellection in election interference. Um, and the implication, at least what I got from the subsequent reporting when it went missing, was that like maybe Trump absconded with it and, you know, plotted with the Kremlin and stole this binder. Now, based off what we're finding out about it, it sounds more like the binder had information vindicating Trump and it was exculpatory evidence that he was framed and it's exposing the corruption that we already knew existed in the CIA, but it's there in print And it was highly classified information related to American election interference is how I would describe it. And so naturally, if you're Donald Trump, and as Chuck Schumer told us, the intelligence agency has six ways to Sunday to get back at you. I don't know, Jared. I think I would take the binder. If I knew that everyone was going to come at me right after I stepped out of office, I would say, you know what, Mr. Binder, I think you're going to come with me. All 10 inches of you. I think you're coming with me. So I hope Trump has it. 22% of the audience thinks Trump has it. 30% think the intelligence agencies and 48% believe it has been destroyed. Doesn't the Mar-a-Lago raid make a lot more sense, though, in hindsight, now that you're finding out about these binders that implicate the CIA and John Brennan and all of these highly respectable, knowledgeable figures... We'll talk more about this when we come back. We're also going to talk about Joe Biden and the Robert Hur special counsel report. Don't go anywhere.